We have received an injury update on freshman quarterback Emery Williams, and the update is encouraging. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, if there is such a thing. Even after a loss, man, we're here. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. I am Alex Dono. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. To anyone who was watching Miami at Florida State, we saw the moment when Emory Williams got injured, extending, putting his body on the line to pick up that first down on fourth down. We knew it didn't look good. He was in a lot of pain. A lot of us were making assumptions as to what the injury might be. We have a report on what that injury is, per the Miami Herald. Emory Williams suffered a compound fracture on his left non-throwing arm, and he's undergoing a surgical procedure today. As to what the recovery time might look like for that and when we're going to see, or, you know, he's not going to play the rest of the year. We know that. And Mario Cristobal acknowledged that this morning. Cristobal did his weekly spot on the Joe Rose Show on 560 WQAM and said, you know, it's a long-term thing for him, but. But Cristobal did drop in something very encouraging that Emory Williams, according to Mario Cristobal, is going to be ready to go for spring football. I wasn't sure about that when I saw the diagnosis, right? In terms of compound fracture, you know, that can be serious, very painful. Uh, Williams definitely, he did catch a break that it's on the non-throwing arm, not the throwing arm, because obviously, you know, keeping that right hand of his, the right arm of his, which he throws the football with uh, in, in pristine shape um, is, you know, more important in terms of the recovery and where his young career goes from here. Uh, but yeah, Cristobal did go out of his way because Joe Rose did not specifically ask him for a timeline or anything like that. He went out of his way to say spring football. I got a really funny comment though, from one of our locked on Canes insiders. Cause you know, I put uh, when, when I saw the Herald report that he had a uh, a or no, sorry. When I when I heard the Joe Rose show this morning, uh, saying he's going to be back for spring football, I put that in our Locked On Canes Insider chat, and somebody responded by saying, "Knowing Mario, that means spring of 2025." <laughs> Funny, 2024 was implied. He didn't say 2024, but spring of 2024 was implied. So uh, I just I want to wish a speedy recovery to Emory Williams and prayers to his family. You know, his family was at the stadium. They are from just a couple of hours away from Tallahassee. They had to watch that whole thing unfold in real time. That's obviously, as, as a father myself, having to go through something like that must have been really, really rough for them. And, you know, for Emory Williams's performance, I would describe the way he played primarily as gutsy and competitive. I will always respect him for putting his body on the line to make a play when a play absolutely had to be made because you don't pick up that fourth down. The game is over right there, okay? So now the situation Miami is in for the next couple of games. And no, Cristobal did not offer any clues this morning on the radio. Uh, we will be talking with him this afternoon. I'm going to be at the press conference at 3 p.m. today. Mario is going to speak. Um, 
if I don't ask him about it, and I, I will if I get the chance, but if I don't, somebody else will. Is there any chance Jakari Brown suits up and plays for the next couple weeks? Is it definitely turning back to Tyler Van Dyke? Will he tell us one way or the other? Probably not. I'm sure he'll say, hey, we're going to evaluate, keep the options open, but he didn't offer any clarity on that this morning. So Tyler Van Dyke, who is the guy who came in in relief in that final drive, or Jakari Brown, who I think we would all love to see play at least a little bit at this point. Um, you know, the fact that Brown, the fact that he hasn't played all season, hasn't taken a snap, and Van Dyke was the one who went into the game when Williams got injured, that tells me Van Dyke is probably the guy who's going to start this Saturday against Louisville, start at Boston College, and you know, I guess you'll cross the bowl game bridge when you get there. Um, but at this point, man, I agree with a lot of you. I would rather see what Jakari Brown has, but that's me speaking as a fan, okay? I say that as a fan because I highly doubt Van Dyke is back next year. Jakari Brown, you know, there are rumblings about maybe him possibly transferring. I get it, but he might be back next year, and I want him to get an opportunity. Now, at the same time, if you look at it from, you know, a Miami coaching standpoint, you know, you still have two important games. Like, the season is not over, right? I mean, you, you'd much rather finish 8-4 and four then six and six, you still have an opportunity to win these next couple of games and, and, you know, show more progress with the program, get into a better bowl game potentially. So, you know, they're, they're going to make the decision that they feel is best for the team to win. And, you know, we've had a lot of wonderings about that throughout the year. If Van Dyke was the guy at certain times who gave the team the best chance to win, we'll have to see if Jakari Brown is, but uh, I, I'd like to see what Jakari has. I'd like to see him get an opportunity. Now, I said something on the show yesterday that I think some of you got, maybe I didn't articulate myself well enough and some of you took it the wrong way where I, I was just kind of assuming in our recap episode that Van Dyke is probably the starting quarterback for the remainder of the season. And I throw my full support behind him. That doesn't mean I don't want to see Brown. What I meant to say was I am going to support the starting quarterback, whoever it is, whoever it is the rest of the way whether it's Tyler Van Dyke or Jakari Brown or one of the walk-ons, or if you want to give Brashard Smith, just have him play Wildcat quarterback the rest of the year. What I meant to say was, I'm not picking favorites here when I talk about supporting a quarterback. What I meant to say was, I support anyone who's the starting quarterback at Miami. And if it is Tyler Van Dyke, I throw my full support behind him. I would love to see him finish the season strong and you know improve his stock, whether he's still you know, wants to go into the draft or if he wants to go into the transfer portal, whatever it is, improve your stock and the season on a high note. I want that for Miami. I want that for Van Dyke or for Jakari Brown or for anybody who suits up and plays the position. So no, that was not me playing favorites with a certain quarterback over another. I'm just saying I support my team and I want to see Miami as a team finish the season on a high note. Now, not to completely overlook the Louisville game coming up, but we do have to talk about the future, the long-term future at the quarterback position because, you know, I've had uh, almost 48 hours since the Florida State game to sleep on it and think about it. I've had some conversations with people who are close to the program who have given me really good information in the past and what Miami might be looking to do at quarterback from 2024 and beyond. So you know what you want to do, my friends? We are only getting started. We're also on this episode. I'm going to give you my top five performers for Miami in the Florida State game. We will talk about the big picture on, you know, how this team has closed the gap from last year to this year, even though they're not winning some of these tough games. 
And we have to talk some recruiting as well. From that Florida State game, there are recruiting implications. From what's happening at Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher is getting fired. There are recruiting implications there. You want to keep it locked right here, my friends, on this brand new episode of Locked on Canes. Buying last-minute tickets should not be a stressful experience. In fact, the Game Time app kind of makes me look forward to it. I'm a procrastinator. Game Time is a procrastinator's dream because you get the best deals week of, day before, or even day of the event on the Game Time app. Whether you're looking to go to the next big sporting event, the next big concert, theatrical event, comedy show, They've got it all at game time, and it's location-specific. They're going to show you events in your area, great deals in your area. It's fast and the easiest way to buy tickets for all of these events with the last-minute tickets, flash deals, and zone deals. Guys, I'm already looking at tickets for the Louisville game, Louisville at Miami this Saturday. They're starting at $5 right now at game time. Five bucks. If you procrastinated on buying your tickets, you're in luck because you're getting deals week of the event, my friend. So check out the Game Time app. One of the things that I love most about Game Time is the Game Time guarantee. That means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use code locked on college. All one word, locked on college, and you get $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Guys, make sure on Friday you always check out Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. I absolutely love that show. And I'm part of that show. We give you all the big storylines, previews for all the big games. Friday heading into Saturday. We'll be on this and every Friday, 11 a.m. to noon, streaming live on this YouTube channel, Locked on Canes, and all the Locked on College YouTube channels available free as well, wherever you get your podcasts. So um, I was very enamored with just the toughness and the grit that Emory Williams showed. And he made some big throws, some big throws against Florida State, but I don't want to get ahead of myself in anointing the next starting quarterback. I got to pump the brakes a little bit, right? Because on the one hand, I don't know for sure if Emery is the guy moving forward. I also don't think it's fair that some of you are saying he can never be the guy just because he went eight for 23 on Saturday. Okay. Let's keep in mind, this kid got his two starts of the season. They both happen to come against the two toughest defenses on the schedule. (laughs) And one of them being the toughest game on the schedule, period. You realize that, right? You want to judge a true freshman quarterback who shouldn't really be playing this year on how he played against the two teams that had better defenses than any of the opponents Tyler Van Dyke started against, for example. In Emery's case, I respect the fact that he threw just one interception combined in those two games, okay? So what I'm saying is I'm not ready to anoint him as the next starting quarterback. But those of you who think that it's impossible he ever gets there, that's just as ridiculous as anointing the guy right now. You realize that because there is a valid question to be asked here. With the Miami Hurricanes expected to have a roster next season that could be top two caliber in talent in the ACC, right? Because there are question marks at other programs like Florida State. Florida State, for example, is so loaded with upperclassmen 
Um, I don't know what their roster is going to look like next year, but a lot of the players that are on FSU right now won't be there next year. So they're going to have to do that portal thing. Maybe they'll build a, a juggernaut of a team again. Maybe they won't. But Miami is poised to be one of the top two or three teams at the very least in the ACC next year. Okay. So do you want to put all of your eggs in the basket of what's going to be a true sophomore quarterback with minimal experience? There is a feeling around this program that Miami is an elite quarterback away from being a contender. And didn't it feel that way on Saturday? Miami won most of the battles in the trenches. They won a lot of the physical battles against Florida State, but the game, it was limited by a young quarterback and a buttoned-up game plan. And boy, do people have their opinions on Shannon Dawson as well. I'm looking forward to talking with Dawson this afternoon. So, you know, when you look at the way, you know, Miami, and I make no excuses for the loss. That's not what I'm doing here. But if you look at the way Miami competed with Florida State, basically everywhere outside of the passing game, uh, I think it's fair to say that if you had 2020 Derek King at quarterback, Miami wins that game. Or to put it more simply, if Miami and FSU swapped quarterbacks for the game, Miami wins the game with Jordan Travis under center. Okay, so um, it's my feeling and it's an informed, educated opinion that the Miami Hurricanes are going to be very aggressive this coming offseason in trying to add an experienced starting caliber quarterback in the transfer portal. I know a lot of us look back on last year and say they really should have done that a year ago, okay? But instead, they decided to build around Tyler Van Dyke for this year, and you know things didn't work out the way any of us thought that it could or would, okay? So I think this is the year Miami wants to go all in. My feeling is they try to shoot their shot when it comes to a quarterback, okay? You know, I know a lot of people throw around uh, Pratt from Tulane who wants to transfer. Uh, I was told by someone who's given me good information that they actually want to shoot a shot that is significantly even bigger than bringing in Pratt from Tulane so that they they really want to want to go for a big move here. Now, if Miami does do something like that, doesn't mean they don't like Emory Williams. Doesn't mean I don't like Emory Williams, but I think you need to have a dominant veteran presence in that room because, again, Miami Hurricanes have they have some issues. But overall, you go through that 85-man roster, that's one of the better rosters in the country. One of the things that's held Miami back this year is quarterback play. And, yeah, you're going to lose some guys this year to the NFL. You know, You never know who you might lose in the transfer portal these days. But Miami, you think about all these true freshmen who are getting playing time this year. And even the ones who aren't are going to be a year more experienced next year. That class of 2023, I think, is going to be one of the turning points for this program. Hopefully the class of 2024 can do that same sort of thing. This team is going to be really, really, really good next year. But the big question mark is going to be, who's your starting quarterback? And how far can that starting quarterback take you? Let's talk about uh, who, who impressed me most against the Florida State Seminoles this past week. And, you know, it stings, man. I still haven't recovered. I've got I've got relatives who went to Florida State and cheer for Florida State. And I've I haven't been checking my phone a whole lot the last couple of days because I, you know, I'm a sore loser. I will admit that I could be a sore loser sometimes. It hurts. Um, do I take a little bit of comfort in the fact that Miami was actually competitive and had a chance to tie the game or win it in the final drive? I do take some comfort in that, right? Because I remember the pain of 45 to three last year. I never wanted to experience anything like that again. At least Miami in Tallahassee 
played their hearts out and played their guts out. Okay. Kiko Mauinoa and Wesley Besaint at linebacker. Miami's linebacker room went from a liability last year to one of the better groups in the ACC and even in the country this year. Uh, and yeah, Wesley Besaint, we'll talk about this in a second, should have been awarded with a safety in the game. Jacoby George, how could he not impress you? He had a career game, caught one of the longest touchdowns Miami is ever, uh, the longest touchdown, I should say, Miami has ever had from scrimmage against Florida State with that 85-yard catch. And it's worth noting, he had the best game of any wide receiver on the field, despite sharing a field with Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson that day. So, yeah, Jacoby George impressed me. Don Chaney. Boy, did he have a big first half. 12 carries, 85 yards against an excellent defense. Chaney, you know, we've seen it at times this year running so, so hard, and it's so great to see him back after all the adversity he's dealt with the last couple of years. Damari Brown and Jadeus Richard, Jadis Richard, I want to say his name correctly, they they impressed me, the two young, unexpected starting cornerbacks, okay? because And I know... FSU accounts kept tweeting the video of Damari Brown getting beaten by Keon Coleman in the end zone, and they kept retweeting that as if Damari Brown had a bad game. Uh, guys, he held Keon Coleman to four catches for 24 yards for a true freshman cornerback who doesn't start and wouldn't have started if not for players in front of him getting injured. That's one hell of a game. And of course, Emery Williams impressed me and, you know, not based on his stats, of course, eight for 23, but based on his toughness, based on the timely plays he did make and the way he embraced a really difficult environment, right? For a true freshman to make his first road start at Dope Campbell Stadium against a top four Florida State team, that earned my respect, okay? All right, so when we come back, I have some recruiting notes for you. Also, uh, Mario Cristobal, I love this. I can get behind this. The way the way he commented on the safety that was not given to his team. Second time it's happened this year. Happened to Kiko Mauinoa against Clemson. Happens to West Besaint against Florida State. I no longer know what a safety is. I know ACC officials. ACC, by the way, stands for another crappy call. I know they don't know what a safety is. Got to talk about Mario's response. And we'll talk about the latest on Jeremiah Smith. The latest on Chance Robinson and can Miami sneak in for some Texas A&M commits when we come back? You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. We spent a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together after wins and losses. Who starts, who sits? I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I have learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means. You're on extended travel. You're experiencing supply chain issues. You're covered, my friends. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio prescriptions. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for an additional discount. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, quote, I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half just to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds now with a year's supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love 
would get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And remember to use promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And if you'd like to take your everyday or experience to the next level, make sure to join our exclusive SMS texting service, Locked on Canes Insiders. I include a link in the show description below. Click that link. You get text messages directly from my phone to yours. Breaking news, recruiting scoops, game analysis, one-on-ones. You can ask me questions on there. Uh, Join subtext.com slash locked on college. I also include the link below. You want to try it free for 14 days. And then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. All right. So, you know, I, I talked about uh, Cristobal's appearance on radio this morning. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be asked about this again in the afternoon. But, you know, Joe Rose asked Mario about what looked to me and everybody like a safety that was not called, right? Jordan Travis, when he was taken down, his knee went down. The football was in the end zone on that sack by Wes Bassain. That's two points, change of possession, except the ACC officials reviewed it and didn't see it that way. And the way that Rose asked Cristobal about that play, like he, like Rose was like, hey, I don't know if you can get fined for this. I don't know because you like NBA coaches and NFL coaches. If you criticize officiating, they can technically fine you. I, I don't know either if that's the case in college football. I don't know how that works. And Rose was like, hey, I don't know if I can get you in trouble for this. But what did you think about that call? And Cristobal said, quote, I don't know or care if I get in trouble. That's a safety. That's what he said. And I agree. And, you know, they're they're They've already, I'm sure, asked the ACC for clarity on the call. And the way these things go at some point, either on Tuesday or Wednesday, the ACC is going to issue an official response to Miami where I can already tell you they're going to offer very little clarity on the actual rules. They're just going to say. We believe our officials were in the right and they got the call correctly. And here's some BS reason why we think that without actually addressing the actual rule, because by rule, it's a safety, but there's no accountability. They don't like to hang their officials out to dry. So it it is what it is. Now, you know, you're obviously, you know, you don't get results overturned. That's not the way this works, or they're not going to be like, hey, you know, Miami lost the game 27-20. We're actually going to give you two points. So now you lost the game 27-22. Nothing like that's going to happen, but you at least you want them to admit that they were wrong, and I highly doubt they will, but that's we're going to be waiting for that explanation over the next couple of days. Maybe we'll get it tomorrow. Maybe we'll get it Wednesday. Maybe they'll just wait and hope we forget about it. Man, how about Jimbo Fisher? (laughs) Jimbo Fisher is getting fired. He's out at Texas A&M. And that means there's going to be a feeding frenzy for current Aggie players who may or may not hit the transfer portal. And there's going to be a feeding frenzy. There's chum in the water now for Texas A&M verbal commits for the class of 2024. Because listen, uh, you commit to play for Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo's no longer the coach. You know, maybe a lot of those recruits will stick. Maybe they'll wait around to see who the next head coach is going to be. But All of them, whether they decide to stick with Texas A&M or go somewhere else, they are all going to be taking the next several weeks to reevaluate their options, right? So it's open season now on Texas A&M verbal commits. 
Um, I, I've, by the way, in transfers as well, because I'm already starting to hear renewed links for Miami to Shamar Stewart, an excellent player, former five-star. I know Shamar is very polarizing among our fans, given how his recruitment went down. So you guys let me know how you feel about that possibility. Is it time to bring Shamar Stewart home? I would be all for it, by the way. I want the best possible players here, okay? Uh, and here's a list of Texas A&M Aggies verbal commits that were offered by Miami. Some of these are really interesting to me. If you can get back in the mix for these guys, three-star quarterback Anthony Maddox, you know, a very good player. And we know Miami, they're going to need quarterbacks because you're you're very well will probably lose Tyler Van Dyke uh, in the portal or or otherwise. Um, you know, Jakari Brown is obviously somebody you you may possibly lose. You've only got one verbal commit for 2024, and that's Judd Anderson. So you may be looking at a quarterback room of two if you don't add somebody else here. So we'll be watching Anthony Maddox, five-star wide receiver Cam Coleman, three-star wide receiver Jabron Gatling, four-star tight end Eric Carner. I know what you all are saying. Why would any any tight end want to play here? I just, just read the names for you, right? Uh, here's one that's really interesting to me. Four-star interior offensive lineman, Isendre Papa Afua. Miami recruited this guy really, really hard, right? And you know Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal, the excellent history they have of developing offensive linemen, getting offensive linemen drafted. Uh, Afua did really like Miami. Uh, I'm sure the Hurricanes are going to go hard. If they weren't already, even before Jimbo got fired, I'm sure they were still recruiting this guy. That's a player I would love to flip. And I, I think it was Judd Anderson, the ambassador, who was already like tweeting to him like, hey, come home, like come, come to Miami now, uh, now that the coaching situation there at Texas A&M is very uncertain. So Isandre Afua is someone I'm going to be watching. Uh, Five-star defensive lineman Donovan McKinley is another one. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't remember his name coming up a whole lot in Miami circles. Uh, and four-star linebacker Ty Anthony Smith. That is a name that I remember. So those are those are Texas A&M verbal commits that obviously the Sharks are, are circling now that Jimbo Fisher has been fired. Uh, a note on Jeremiah Smith. Visited Florida State, and they're going to be getting his last official visit. FSU fans are feeling pretty confident about being the ones that are going to flip the five-star wide receiver from Chaminade from his Ohio State commitment. Uh, I, I will I will definitely concede, at least to the point where if he does flip, seems like he's far more likely to flip to Florida State than he is to Miami at this point. I will concede that at the same time. I'm still not convinced that Jeremiah flips in the first place because Brian Hartline and Ohio State have done an excellent job with his recruitment. Um, I think the odds are in their favor to keep him uh, locked in, but we'll see how that one plays out. Maybe he decides he'd rather be in the state of Florida. Um, Chance Robinson, by the way, four-star verbal commit to Miami. He just visited Ohio State, and uh, he's verbally committed to Miami. He says, for me, it's down to two schools. He said, you don't necessarily like to hear that. For me, it's down to two schools when you're verbally committed to one of those. Uh, but I know that there, there still is. He's got a very good relationship with Kevin Beard, and there still is uh, some confidence internally, I believe, that that Miami can keep Chance Robinson dialed in because it, it can be an excellent wide receivers class, right? If you can hold on to Chance Robinson – Nikar and JoJo Trader, if you can hold on to all three of those guys, all four-star high-level wide receivers. Trader at, at certain points was rated five stars, and I still believe he could be. Uh, but 
you've got an excellent wide receiver class already if you can hold on to these guys. So hopefully Miami can keep chance from flipping. Uh, I know that there was some concern about Ole Miss last week. Ole Miss is out of the picture. It's staying with Miami or flipping to Ohio State, I think, are the only options for him. And I believe Chance Robinson, based on conversations we've had with our recruiting guru, Brian Smith, um, he does want to be close to home and close to family. And, you know, going going to Columbus, Ohio is not necessarily the I, ideal choice for him. Obviously, there are other positives that come from that because, again, Ohio State has done a great job developing wide receivers for the next level. But at the same time, uh, I think home is where the heart is in his case. Guys, had an awesome time on today's show despite coming off a rivalry loss. You want to support the show Hit the thumbs up button if you're watching us on YouTube. Hit the like button and subscribe. And make sure if you listen to the audio version, which is awesome, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, subscribe to our channel and hit five stars. And we will talk to you guys next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.